I mean, the the witch trials and McCarthyism were crazy anyway. Oh, for sure. But this just shows, like, I mean, how could you even remotely take this and be like, oh, yeah, no, he hates America. Yeah, I don't know. Like, are you, this is this is the evidence you're presenting? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the What's Already Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification buttons, uh, so you can keep up with all of our episodes and uh, help grow the podcast, which we truly appreciate. To also grow that podcast, go ahead and tell a friend about us. Tell an immigrant about us, uh, someone that you know that is immigrated to the country, legally or otherwise. There we go. We're okay with either one. I'm looking forward this, to this. So this is interesting. So we're yeah. This might be the first time our recording is longer than the source material we record about, JJ. I, I was thinking about that today too. <laughs> I was like, this could be interesting. I was like, if this goes longer than 30 minutes or 27 minutes, we've walked into a weird situation here. So those of you who haven't been keeping up on what we've been recording this week, uh, we are gonna talk about the immigrant. It was released. June 17th, 1917. It was written and directed by Charles Chaplin or Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, it. Charlie's an immigrant who endures a challenging voyage, <laughs> gets into trouble as soon as he arrives in America. Because, I mean, that's what the tramp does, right? Um, it stars Charles Chaplin, Edna Purvance, Eric Campbell, Albert Austin, Henry Bergman, Kitty Bradbury. Frank J. Coleman, William Gillespie, Tom Harrington, James T. Kelly, John Rand, Janet Sully, Loyal Underwood, and Tom Wilson. I feel like I was looking at the cast list going, okay, I don't need to list all these people. But I'm like, I kind of do because it's not like there's a ton of people in these movies. So No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. It's the first time we've ever done a silent film, which is fun. It's been a long time since I've watched a silent film, if I'm being completely honest. They they take a little bit of uh, extra effort to get through in most cases. Yes, because um, you have you know the the orchestra music going around, but it's all that uh, very melodramatic facial expression acting mm-hmm. um, combined with you know Charlie's uh, physical humor. But you have to pay attention because there is no cue of anything that's happening except from their body language. Yeah. That's all you can read into and occasionally get, you know, the title card uh, arriving in America or something along those lines to set the new scene. But it is a grind. Like even this 26, 27 minute long film feels a lot longer than it actually is um, because it's just this straight, you know, uncut pretty much story. Yeah, um, that you really have to pay attention to <laughs> to mm-hmm. understand what's happening. Yeah, and you have to do a lot of like one of the weird things is they're kind of open to a little bit of interpretation, right? Because there's not like you know my least favorite thing and one of my least favorite things in movie and that being just data dump expositions, right? Because you don't get that. There's no voicing, so you have to really kind of like you said, pay attention to get what's going on in these movies. And a lot of times it's not perfectly clear, right? Like for example, we're kind of going to jump here a little bit, but when they get to America from the boat and he runs into his, his crush again, this girl that he's, 
helped out on the boat. What happened to the money that he gave her, right? Like, you don't know for sure. The only thing you get, I mean, there's a couple of speculations you can make, right? Because where's mom? Mm -hmm. Maybe mom passed away. She had to use the money. Funerals cost money. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe they got robbed again. Maybe. I mean, who knows? There's really no clear answer as to why. And maybe she does have the money, but because of the time period and the way it is, he invited her to dinner and to be chivalrous, he invites, he offers to pay and knowing that he doesn't really have any money at that point. So, I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios that you can kind of go really down your own rabbit hole because we don't know because we don't have dialogue and we don't have, I mean, the most dialogue you have is some quotes here and there that we really need to drive the story. Right. So I, I always find that very interesting in watching silent films is where do I, where do I know exactly what's going on versus where am I, kind of speculating and having some thoughts to fit what makes the show work for me. But that's also an intriguing piece of a silent film because it kind of can be fit to a narrative within each person, right? We can kind of adapt our own interpretation of these films to a degree. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's kind of funny because that's almost the way that they're filmed and created, mm-hmm. like especially Charlie Chaplin's films. Sure. Right. He has his tramp character, the penniless tramp character. And so he almost films the second half of the movie first and then films the first half to try and decide how the penniless tramp gets this scene. So, for example, in this one, the whole restaurant scene, that was the original idea for the movie. Mm-hmm. And I was, OK, how does, you know, the tramp get to this situation oh let's put him on a boat he's an immigrant he comes in penniless boom Hmm. um and so even the way they are crafted is to have this kind of open-ended all right this is the story we're going to tell how does how does you know character get from point a to point b that's all we need to know and uh let's throw in some physical humor while we're at it and call it good yeah Uh, but it still leaves open to that interpretation where did the immigrant come from we don't know you know why are they leaving um, kind of, you know, guess the time period, you kind of have a pretty good idea why they may be leaving where they're leaving, but it still leaves it open to that uh, kind of interpretation, yeah. which is cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, another interesting piece of this movie is like it was a very big used movie against Chaplin when it came to. Which is something I didn't know until I started researching this oh, movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I only knew it because, I only remember it because, have you watched the movie Chaplin with uh, Robert Downey Jr. who plays Chaplin? I I watched it, but it was more like I watched it rather than watched it. Yeah. (laughs) You should. It's really good. And and Downey does a great job playing Charlie Chaplin. Like, it's outrageous how good he is in it. Um, And it was before Iron Man fame by a long Mm -hmm. shot. So, Really, really good movie, uh, especially if you're a Chaplin fan, because it kind of lets you into a little bit more of like how he wasn't like the tramp always makes him portray like you watch his films and things like that. And even like the great dictator where we're speaking, right? He always seems very kind and funny, a little bit cuckoo, right? But the guy was intense too like when he was on a film set and he was trying to make movies and like he was no joke then you kind of get to see that in this film so it was really interesting but on top of that they talk about the fact that 
the immigrant is used against him because and because of one stupid ass scene like when they're on the boat and trying to get ready to get off and they're being dicks to these immigrants and they put that rope around him you know what i mean and he like funnily like really kind of humor humorously kicks the agent in the butt from behind and like the guy's like looking around like what the hell happened like the mccarthyites were like this shows that he hates america i'm like what which is the biggest reach I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like, what the hell? Because if you watch any Chaplin film, it's the same exact kick. Yeah. In every single one of his films. It's not like this was different in any way, shape, or form. There's always that kick. Someone looks behind like, who the, who the who yeah. kicked me? And Charlie's always looking the other way. <laughs> yeah. And he does this weird, you know, hand thing where he's doing this. <laughs> uh, um, but it, it's the same thing. And so, like... I mean, the, the witch trials of McCarthyism were crazy anyway. Oh, for sure. But this just shows, like, I mean, how could you even remotely take this and be like, oh, yeah, no, he hates America. Yeah, I don't know. Like, are you, this is this is the evidence you're presenting? <laughs> yeah. It's so stupid. But, I mean, that was the times we lived in, right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, but it also leads into a little bit of, you know, we talked about this when we did The Great Dictator, but the athleticism is probably the best way to put it of Charlie Chaplin. And the fact that it is grossly underappreciated by anybody because we're so used to spectacle CGI and things being able to, you know, being able to create great kind of feats of athleticism. This dude with just his two legs, <laughs> it's insane with what he's able to do because he's... I mean, right at the kick where you got the ship that's kind of like yawing back and forth. Mm-hmm. And he's straight. His back is straight while he's sliding down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's theoretically, I would say it's possible, except I've seen him do it. Yeah. Um, and that just is passed off as almost a minor gag in this entire thing where it's just it's incredible what he was able to do. And I'm surprised that he was able to get it done with as much of a perfectionist as he was. <laughs> Dude, I'm lucky to walk a straight line on flat ground <laughs> and walking normal in my everyday gait, let alone like with a, a set that's moving and your feet are kicked out wicked like pigeon, over-exaggerated pigeon toe. You know what I mean? Like I can't even fathom how you do that and not end up on your ass, let alone keep a straight back and look like you're handling it just perfectly. And, you know, and then you get the scenes, of course, when the sliding across and like perfect synchronicity. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening right now? (laughs) Like, seriously, the, the, like you say, the, the agility that this man had to have had and the control of the body control is outrageous. And he makes it look so easy. Yeah. So people are like, oh, yeah, no, that's no problem. So you try and do it. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, walking a straight line is difficult enough. Dude. Um, I, and he's sliding. Yeah. Well, and, it's, and like I said, his feet are in weird position. Like, he's he got this cane in his hand. He's got a top hat that, or a little the bowler hat that never falls off unless he wants it to. Like, it's just <laughs> one of those things where you're just like, what? I mean, I went to recently with the Dallas earlier this year and like we did a uh kind of a virtual reality thing where you're on this platform and the platform goes up and down that's all it fucking does goes up and down 
and I still almost ate shit <laughs> because it fucking caught me off guard as it's going up. And I've got a fucking steady base. I'm a, and I'm a pretty athletic guy. I may not look like it because I'm fat now, but like I played a lot of sports. I've got pretty decent body control. Even now as a fat guy, I'm, I'm pretty good at like the athletic stuff and like lifting things, moving things around. I can't even, like I said, I'm like, nope, there's no fucking way that I could do the shit that that guy does and make it look simple, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Impossible. Yeah. Um, and no that's fun. without, yeah, th- and that's without adding the comedy in. Like, that's just when he's doing, like, the actual physical act as a comedy in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Once you start throwing the facial expressions, the hand movements, everything else that he does, it exponentially gets more difficult. Yeah. But he still makes it look easy. Oh, yeah. Like once we get off the boat and we're in the restaurant and the whole back and forth with the waiter (laughs) with his hat. Yeah. Start off at the beginning. And it's it's the way Charlie Chaplin can move Mm -hmm. um, and how he everything is like effortless. But every movement has a purpose to get to the end goal. It's it's insane. Yeah. uh, What he's able to do. And the whole time you're you're laughing because it looks like it's a giant accident. And then he just like slapped it together and said, here we go. Yeah. But it's all with intent, uh, which is insane and hard to fathom. Oh yeah. Uh, that you could do this. I, I don't know if even CGI could make it look believable. No. Like, could you CGI a Charlie Chaplin film and have it come out looking even remotely as good? No, I think you'd have chop issues. Like, I think it would look clunky. Because he's so smooth. Like, it just, it's like, and it's something as simple as that hat trick that he does. Like, after he realizes what the dude's wanting him to do, and he's just being a dick, and he goes to put it on and then pops it right back off. Like, that movement alone, like, I've tried to do it just because I'm like, I'm curious. (laughs) Fuck off, dude. Like, that's not, even with a stiff hat, like a bowler hat, right? Like, to get to that level and then have it just straight up and down no way and, and, and i just don't think like i think there's levels of things you could do with the cgi but i i don't think you could do it and have it be seamless in a non-seamless era right like the because that's one of the things that impresses me the most when you think about the filmmaking back then and especially this early like 1917 you can see how choppy the film is like no matter how good the edits are, you can tell where the cuts were made. You can tell all that shit because the film was literally cut and glued back together. Like <laughs> this is, we're not talking about machines that have seamlessly been able to heat these things even before digital editing, which is what we do now, you know, in the eighties, nineties, they had machines that would heat the film in order to put it together instead of gluing it. No, no, 1917, they had scissors and they fucking cut it frame by frame and glued that shit back together as good as they could get it. So when it's rolling through your fucking mechanism, you'd have these hiccups in the film where you'd have like the stretches and the weird shit. And you can see every one of them in this film. Like I was laughing, even to the point that in our HD world, everything's fucking blurry in the words. Like when you're looking at the opening credits, everything's blurry as shit because that's the quality of film. But when you're watching Chaplin, you can tell because you can see when they're cutting that this man doesn't cut shit together like we do. Because, you know, Matson, one of Matson's favorite thing to shit on is 
jump cuts, right? Because that's how we make actors look good these days is jump cuts. Chapman didn't have jump cuts because if he jump cut everything, you'd be like, oh, this fucking guy sucks because you'd be able to tell. It's seamless. There are no cuts in the middle of this dude's fucking physical shit. He'll do a physical bit and then you'll see a cut to where he goes to the next one. But you don't see it in the middle. It's not like they're doing him any favors with this editing. No, it's not like he pops the hat on, cut, and then pops back up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. The, everything he does is physicality, and he's done by his own body, his own hand, and his own. It, it's just, when you think about it that way, no fucking chance. Like, today's actors, fuck off. It, it just doesn't happen. With the exception of, like, I mean, I think it's similar if you think about Tom Cruise, who fucking does all his own stunts. Not because he is trying to be a bat. It's just what he does, right? Like, that, yeah. he just feels like that's what he wants to do. That's, like, that's what that reminds me of, right? Like, Chaplin's just like, no, 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 I got this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have to combine in the perfectionism, which means True. you're rolling through this bit 60, 70, 80 times. Um, yeah. with, I'm assuming him getting madder and madder each time, probably, but it doesn't show on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, like you can't see any of the stress that he's undoubtedly under yeah. or anything with the other, uh, you know, players in the room. But the one thing that had me cackling mm-hmm. the, was the, and it's a relatively simple bit by Chaplin standards is the coin on the floor oh, dude. with his shoe and the waiter. Yeah. I love it. And because he's like watching the waiter out of the corner of his eye to know when to put the foot back down. And at the same time, he's, you know, touching his face and doing all those other Charlie Chaplin things. And the, what kind of got me was he's almost like a magician. Yeah. Right. Where they're performing magic, the sleight of hand and they're making you watch over here. So you're ignoring other stuff, Mm -hmm. Uh, but he does it and he's always moving is always got you distracted while he's moving around. But you, if you're paying attention, you can see he's totally got his head turned while he's trying to watch when the guy's going to turn around so he can put his foot back down for the coin. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, um, I, you mentioned before, too, like his facial expressions are so underrated. Like, and, and you have to be, like, over-exaggerated in these science films because that's how you tell certain things but like i had a moment where i just burst out laughing like when the guy underpays by a dime or whatever and they beat the shit out of him (laughs) and like chaplin's face like watching it is just like uh what the fuck and then when they tell him and he's like oh shit (laughs) i don't have any money (laughs) well then he starts looking he's like he's it's like oh shit i better not be short right yeah he starts looking for the coin that he can't find it he's like yeah, he does this, the math in his head. Like, okay, I got it. <laughs> so good. Yeah. He's trying to bits. frantically look for the coin while not trying to upset his girl. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. have any money. <laughs> oh, God. Well, and then the part, like, when he, he takes the coin from the other dude, and then it turns out to be fake, and you can see it's just the whole thing is great, man. I love it. And then the whole like culmination uh, with the uh, guy who ends up paying for their meal oh. inadvertently. Yeah. Um, and the moral dilemma you see with Chaplin where he's staring at the coin. He's like, and the guy reaches down. No, no, no. Reaches down again. No, no. He just slides the receipt and moves the dish over. 
Or, yeah, and on top of that, like, were the guys trying to pay for him at first? And he's like, no, no, no. No, no, no. And he keeps giving it back. And he's like, you could tell he's like, one more time. And then yeah. I'll say yes. And then the guy's like, okay, never mind. And he just, he's like, fuck. <laughs> Pushed it too far. Yeah. And you can see it on his face too instantly. He's like, ah, god damn it. <laughs> oh, Should have fucking given in the last time. Oh, yeah, dude. It's fucking But it's great. so brilliant because he can't. You, it's almost like you can't. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Author that or doctor that. Oh, yeah. Right? It's, it looks genuine, but it's part of a script. Uh-huh. Um, and it's one of those scenes where, I mean, Charlie Chaplin is considered by most to be like the greatest actor ever. Sure. Um, but he's still so forgotten in a lot of ways where people are like, oh, yeah, he was great because so-and-so told me so. I trust them, this, this, this. Or everybody says he's great, so he must be great. And I don't think people ever watch Charlie Chaplin movies oh, no. um, to really understand how much in his own league this dude is. Yeah, nobody compares. No. And you could say, and I'm with you, like, I think a lot of people know him because of, like, the music, the songs that he's written and sung and things like that more than they do the acting because nobody watches. Like, look, dude, I, I've watched silent films because I, look, I'm no film critic. We do this podcast, but I love movies. I love film. I love the idea of storytelling and I mean, we've had these conversations offline so many times where I think both of us can say that we love film in its entirety. We may not like, like you're like, fuck you horror. And I'm like, (laughs) you know, there's certain genres where I'm like, God, like an art house film for me. I'm like, fucking put an ice pick in my eye because I don't, I don't need that level of artistic. I just don't need it. I I want entertainment. I don't want to like, just go into a film and be like, okay, I know I'm supposed to feel some shit here. Like, that's not me. But I still respect the art of filmmaking in all of its forms, right? Like, and so for me, I've watched them to see what this shit was all about. And I was curious about Charlie Chaplin. And then I went on like a whole string when I was younger. Like, I think I was probably 22. And I hadn't watched a silent film ever, except like, in movies where they showed snips of them or something. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I would never enjoy that. It looks terrible. <laughs> yeah. It looks horrible. But then I was like, and then interestingly enough, um, Casey's a big Charlie Chaplin fan of like his music and the other things that he's done outside of um, movie making. And so I was like, okay, well I got to see what this Chaplin shit's about. And I remember sitting down to watch, one of his more famous, the vagabond. And I was like, holy shit, this was funny as balls. This was really interesting. And then I was like, okay, I skipped over to, uh, the great dictator because that's the most famous, I think. Mm -hmm. But then I went on a run and I, I probably have watched just about every silent film that Chaplin ever made. Which is a lot because for people don't know, he's made like plus hundred. Yeah. (laughs) But they're, I mean, they're mostly short because, yeah, yeah, silent films weren't long, you know, but yeah, like, and I'll tell you, some of the funniest movies I've ever seen are Chaplin in silent films. Unbelievably good. Like the knockout. You want to watch some weird boxing shit? The knockout. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. Okay. Hilarious. 
yeah, anyway, but I, you know, it's one of those things where I don't think a lot of people take the time to actually watch a silent film because it's weird and it takes a certain type of mentality to watch. And I also wonder if it's because they think it's like, oh, I got to go sit through 90 minutes of silence. Could be. Because. And I've talked to people like, oh, you know, silent films. Like, I like silent films. Like, oh, I couldn't sit for that long. Like, it's 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. They're usually like they, pretty short. They really aren't that long, but it's almost like this uh, belief that, oh, yeah, a movie, 90 minutes. That's about how long a movie is. And then no talking. No, thank you. Yeah. Um, which I could get. I could not sit through a 90 minute no. silent film. No way. Like I said at the beginning of this, even 26 minutes felt like a very long time. Yeah. Um, to where I was like, isn't it over yet? Um, because it's just a completely different viewing experience. And you can't go and be like, oh, 20 minutes is going to be easy, quick, we're out. Uh, it's still uh, an effort to watch. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I think, especially if it's a Charles Chaplin film, it's worth the effort. Oh, for sure. Because he will have you rolling in stitches laughing over something where you're like, this is not, this should not be this funny. Yeah. Like, I should not have this much fun watching some dude eat beans with a knife. <laughs> or <laughs> the best part is watch the one at like, a time oh with God. the fork and a knife. And watching the dude next to him, look at him going, what the fuck are you doing? Because he just pokes it with one tine and pushes the fork. Oh, dude, it's great. Just one at a time. And then he grabs the knife and starts shoveling them in. (laughs) I mean, that joke, like, you shouldn't have that much fun, but I was busting up laughing. Yeah. Um, And that's that's kind of the great thing that I like about silent films is they, especially Chaplin's. Yeah. um, Is he finds a way to be funny in a situation that really shouldn't be as funny as he makes it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I recommend if you haven't watched silent films, especially Chaplin's, go watch some. And most of them are pretty short, 20, 23 to 30 minutes at the most. I think the longer, one of the longer one is The Vagabond, and I think it's just over 30 minutes. But yeah, like some of his early ones are really short. And they're. Any of the Tramp series are good. Yep. Tramp series is great. I'm telling you, The Knockout, if you haven't watched it, oh my God. It's. The, yeah. The character of Fatty, oh my God. It's. And then The Tramp, basically. It's, mm-hmm. It was before The Tramp, but fuck, dude. Because it's, I mean, it's Fatty Arbuckle in with little teeny Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen it, but. It's, I love it's, it. It's one of my favorites, dude, because it's just so physically, the physical comedy is outrageously good. So, and Fatty Arbuckle was funny to watch anyway. But, yeah, there's some great ones. He's got great ones. So I always, always recommend the Circus City Lights. This is, yeah, he's got some good ones, especially near as he got closer to the speaking films. They're, they're oh, fun. yeah. Yeah, they're fun. All right. Anything else we want to talk about with this one? I don't think so. It's, yeah. There's not a whole lot of content yeah, to talk it's, about. It's, it's pretty <laughs> short. But, I mean, we've we've now... We've hit 28 minutes of recording time, so we have now surpassed the runtime, the technical runtime of this film. Another first. I love it. Yeah, it's interesting. So, And ironically, one of the shorter episodes of our podcast. 
So that works out. Matson would be so proud. He would be so proud. <laughs> if Matson was here, he would have tried to end it at like 20 minutes. So. Yeah. <laughs> and he would have bitched and moaned about black and white, no audio. Charlie Chaplin's not as cool as you think he is. And aspect ratios <laughs> the whole fucking time. <laughs> so with that, let's rate this film. Look, I think silent films inherently come in a modern age with like a disadvantage. Just because... I, it's it's kind of like using technology from the 1950s in 2020. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's it. There's a comparison there that you can't let go of. But in a bubble, trying to like I try to I'm going to try to rate this in somewhat of a bubble in my head, right? Because you know, or in a vacuum, as you might say. Because I don't think it's fair to the creative genius that is Charlie Chaplin and these the films that he made, and especially this one, which is probably one of his more infamous. I want to say I want to say famous, but I'm going to say infamous because of the way that it was used against him films. And so it's hard to say. I don't want to say it's crap because it's you know it's silent and it's black and white and it's in shitty aspect ratios. When, when you have to look at the genius and probably how difficult, because that level of difficulty is different, right? I think our life is a lot easier in a lot of ways because of the technology that we have. Back then, it would have been very difficult to make these films, make them as entertaining as he always has. So I wanted to put that preface out there before I got into my rating and understand that I am not rating this based on a comparison. This is this film and how entertained I was based on this content and what it is and knowing that it's from 1917 meaning i'm also not going to give it extra points because of how difficult it would be to make it entertaining i'm just going to do it based solely on the content okay there's my exposition around my rating and alec can give you his own when he gets there (laughs) look i'm wildly entertained by this movie because chaplin is just even if it wasn't as funny as it can be just watching Charlie Chaplin in a silent film, because I've watched non-Chaplin silent films as well, very few, because I don't find them as entertaining, because Charlie Chaplin alone, if it was just him, I could watch his films, because visually, he's so entertaining, and it's so intriguing to watch his physicality and his facial expressions and what he does just intrigues the shit out of me the level of entertainment that this film provides because of the content on top of that, like the boat and the traveling. And then you see this New York city. It's this person that's just trying to come. It's a pretty serious topic in a lot of ways, um, especially at the time. Right. And then, but the level of humor that he's able to just inject into everyday situations is just really awesome. So with all of that said, I'm going to give this film a four because I think it's one of his better ones and I really was entertained watching it again the other day. Like I was like laughing going, this is funny as hell funnier than a lot of comedies in modern times because we try so fucking hard to be funny that we sometimes get in our own way as comedian level. And these, these comedies that are there, I'm like, that's not funny. You know what I mean? Or we reuse jokes. Like I was shitting on F9 the other day or F10 about FX, Fast X watching them steal jokes. I'm like, God damn it. There's nothing like watching Charlie Chaplin 
in his comedy and using these gags and they they stand the test of time so i'm gonna give it a four i'll definitely watch this again it's probably on my list of if i if i'm feeling watching a chapa movie it's up there with it pat you know and especially in the silent film realm like i think my first choice is always gonna be the great dictator because there's so many other levels of comedy within that film but this one's up there this one and, and like i said the knockout i think are my two two of my favorites from him silent film so Go check it out. Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. Alec, you go, buddy. Awesome. <laughs> well, my criteria for this is going to yeah. be a little bit based on the work that was put in. Mm. Um, so, like, when, you know, movies filmed today, they have, you know, several months of, like, pre-production, sometimes years of pre-production. Then you have a filming schedule, I don't know, six to eight months, uh, sometimes more, sometimes less, um, of a filming schedule. And then you have a few months up to a year sometimes of post-production. Charlie Chaplin's post-production was four days and four nights of him not sleeping while he was editing his film so he could get it out on time because he put a title card in there specifically saying, this is what I did to get this movie out. Um, And then on top of that, he shot, because I I started researching this, because I was looking to see at the beginning how they got the ship, if they were like tilting the set or tilting the camera and stuff like that. And so I was looking at stuff, but he filmed like 90 reels for this two reel movie. Wow. So he was sorting through 45 times as much material to put it together by himself. He didn't have a team of people, a team of nerds in there doing all their nerd stuff with uh, films. Yeah. You can go see the credits roll of the movie today, and if you sit through the entire credits, it's like 10 minutes of telling you who was involved in this. Mm-hmm. You sit through the credits, and this is Charlie Chaplin. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. That's it. End of the list. Um, so the work that he put in, the passion that he put in on his projects, uh, you know, he was a perfectionist. So that adds a whole other level to it. Uh, but the fact that this is coming up, or by the time this releases, it's going to be 103 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's still hilarious. 103 years old, one of the first movies to come out in Hollywood um, that we still have around. And it's funny as fuck. Um, For that, I'm going to give it a four and a half. I will be watching it again. Um, I don't really have a whole lot of complaints with this because it's not necessarily at a time where critics were critics and there weren't really any film critics in 1917 you went to be entertained and charlie chaplin brings the highest level of entertainment um and i look at you know some people will say that you know will ferrell is some of the best comedy I've ever seen i know what you feel about him jj uh sometimes he lands sometimes he's funny sure but if i look at will ferrell versus charlie chaplin i'm taking charlie chaplin 11 times out of 10 for sure um and, you know, it's one of those scenes where Charlie Chaplin's comedy, so far, at least anyway, has been timeless. Um, so four and a half for me. I love this movie. I love Charlie Chaplin stuff. Um, and I will be watching it again. One hundred and ten percent. Hell yeah. And it would actually be math correction. It would actually be one hundred and six years old. 106 years old. That's why I'm not in the math business. <laughs> <laughs> and and here's one last like weird fact to think about. So the box office on this movie to to give you some perspective, give everybody perspective about silent films. 2.3 million dollars 
was the in box 1917? office in 1917. So, now, I mean, obviously, I, I'm sure that there's been some, like, I'm sure it still makes money to a degree, uh, yeah. right? Because Royalties. Yeah. But box office is what it made. Any box office, when they call it box office, is that's when it was a run in the theater. So, to make two point, that's the popularity of Chaplin, right? Yeah, because theater prices are what ten cents a ticket At best you know what i mean especially well i guess 1917 you're still in a pretty good place as far as the the economy or you're it's getting better right 1920s is when it got really really good through the great depression but yeah because 1917 you got the wrap up of world war one yeah so you're just so starting are, to get the boom yeah. again but it's still cheap right like to go to a film off by our standards Oh, yeah. You know, it was definitely a, a luxury in their, their day, just like it is today. But, man, $2.3 million was its box office. That's crazy. Crazy. Charlie Chaplin. Well, there it is. Um, that's our uh, verdict. So, uh, Alec, when we're uh, not talking about physical comedy and the greatness of Charlie Chaplin, where else can they find it? All right. Uh, thank you for joining us on yet another first on the podcast as we just reviewed our first silent film. I think we definitely picked a good one. Charlie Chaplin, right before he started his own studio. This is right at the start of his incredible career tra- trajectory, uh, which is very cool. Uh, leave us a like or a comment if you like revisiting these classics that we've done through June, and maybe we can do it again. Or join us on Patreon and hop into the voting for our next themed month, which I believe is unofficially August. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do not want to miss out on those choices. Special thanks to our current patron, Matson Likes Brownies. He does, but not as much as Chaplin Likes Beans. That's right. If you have missed our June releases, check them out wherever fine podcasts are found like Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or on YouTube, so you can see all of our funny reactions while we talk about Chaplin's funny reactions. Uh, with that, I will send it back to the great Bambino, the wazir of Wham, a JJ. Yeah, thanks, Alec. I got nothing else to say. We're, we're going to try that. Maybe next time we'll do a silent podcast and see how that works out. <laughs> just, just title cards? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you just sit and listen to silence and... Maybe you'll just listen to me type or something the whole time. That would be there we terrible. Go. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, hey, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinematic out.